thank you for joining me again on Heron's Home Podcast. This is your host, Corey Robertson, with my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? All right. Hope everybody's been having a good week thus far. Let's go ahead and get into some of these topics. I hope your week was terrible. <laughs> no, man. See, you can't be wishing them kind of energies on people, oh, bro. Right. You got to easy. My bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> we want to bring good vibes to this podcast. <laughs> hope yeah, your week was all awesome. The, all the bad vibes is jokes. All the good vibes is serious. Just take that as the rule of thumb when, you, when you're listening. But yeah, yo. Just wanted to say, uh, we definitely, I was definitely proud. The last episode, we got to the full hour. So it's a little bit of a milestone for me. Hey. I was always trying to get to the, to that to that level of content. Now, see, it's about consistency. We hit the mark. Now we got to consistently hit the mark. That's 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 how you build longevity. <laughs> but yeah, there you, go. you know, I got some good feedback from the intro and outro music. Um, let's go ahead and give a shout out to the DOKK. It's my uh, good friend Jeffrey who made that. Uh, what up, Jeff? Those beats for us. Shout well, out. He didn't yeah, make those beats yeah, for yeah. us. He made those beats over a decade ago and just <laughs> allowed me license to use them but um yeah that, that that's his uh stuff right there um great artist he does mostly visual art um but yeah definitely well, yeah, check him Jeff, out yeah jeff can. used to dabble in music a lot back in the day he used back to make some day, pretty day, dope tracks yeah definitely um there's some videos somewhere of him playing bass <laughs> doing some wild <laughs> shit but um yeah um <laughs> That being said, let's go ahead and move on into some entertainment topics like we do. Um, after uh, seeing Ricky Gervais's performance in, uh, in, in the Golden Globes uh, presentation that he did, I really got to say I was intrigued. I really appreciated his form of um, just kind of irreverent, uh, in-your-face, I-don't-give-a-fuck, uh, brutal truth that he was giving people because – that's the thing that a lot of people don't seem to acknowledge is like, yes, it's scathing and it's funny, but most of it's also true. Yep. It's absolutely yep. true. It's factual. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So with that being said, I, I, I went to a bit of a rabbit hole looking for some more of his work to enjoy. <clears throat> and I came by a movie that he made some time ago, and you can definitely tell that the movie is a little bit dated because <laughs> they used the word um, faggot in it. And it was, it, it's funny how jarring it is. Exactly, I was going to think it's the same thing. It's funny how jarring <laughs> it is because it's absolutely a word that I've, that I've used in, in passing in the past that I just have, j just through proximity to the current um, air, has made me just totally chilled to the to, to the word. Just, just I understand like oop oop oop. You fucking yeah, up. At this point, that word is like a marker for people. Like if you're bold enough to say it in public and meet yeah. with that inflection, it absolutely says something about you. So, so it's like it's like is faggot as bad as nigger? Is that is that where we're at with it? I wouldn't say that. When they start calling it the F word, then then like, we could say. Are you it's kidding me? They were already calling it that. Oh, okay. Then never mind. See, I'm not even. Like, there's not to already an F word. Oh, time. But <laughs> well, um, no, yeah. No, anyway, that was just a tangent. Um, that's interesting. I the movie know. I'm referencing is The Invention of Lying, and uh, I highly recommend checking it out. It was it was <laughs> it was a great uh, premise. Like, the idea of the movie is he lives in a world where no one has ever lied. Everyone has just been 100% completely factual. There's never been a mistruth purposely told in this world. And what happens when people are put under pressure? It's a really fun watch. I'm not going to spoil it. 
I'll wait until the next episode when I talk about it more deeply. <laughs> and then when I tell you everything that happened, all of the crazy twists. Man, but, um, you're giving people a whole episode for an old movie. You're bro, I'm trying to be generous. respectful, bro, because yeah, nah, nah, I've definitely been berated for spoiling something that was years old before. Absolutely have. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and so I'm just trying to be respectful. I feel you. Which is which is atypical for me. I, I very 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 rarely give a fuck about other people's feelings. But and you know why it's so hard for me to 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 feel other people when it comes to spoilers, is because I genuinely like you could tell me anything you want about a movie, if it is well done, your words will never match the depiction that the artistic depiction that the director is going to give me. So you can tell me whatever you want, Bruce Willis unless is you dead. show me what happened. You know what I mean? I'm not going to, I want to, I want to get that visceral. So I don't care about spoilers personally. So I never think about that when I'm giving someone else an explanation because very rarely can I match, you know, someone's, you know, artistic display with my words. Or, I mean, for me, I guess mine might be the same thing, but in different words. It's just like, I don't know, you telling me a part of the story doesn't really make me want to watch it any less. Feel me? Like I'm, I'm. If I was gonna watch it anyway, and you told me that spoiler, uh, I'm still gonna watch it. I mean, and I'm not gonna be that bummed when it happens. I'm not gonna. Oh, I'm not. I can't watch the movie anymore. I'm not gonna be like that. You know, I'm just gonna be like, oh, all right, I guess. Like I pretty much I watch I see, leaks for any. Like if I see something on YouTube, like leaked information on this upcoming movie, I'm clicking that bitch. But that's and also I care less. That's also with me though. I'm very disciplined enough to avoid that when I do want to avoid that. For a lot of things, I do go super deep in the rabbit hole and learn a lot about it. Like for a lot of Marvel movies and stuff. But for a lot of other things, I avoid it like the plague. Like, I want to watch um, the new Joker movie, and I haven't watched the um, the honest trailers about it because I don't want I don't want to spoil anything about it. Because when I started hearing um, all the positive reviews reviews about it, I was like, all right, I just want to I want to sit down and see for myself what DC mm-hmm. has been doing and make form my own judgment. So I've been avoiding everything about it thus far. Yeah, and and you know what, I'm really like. I'm like a child when I sit down in front of a movie. Like, I'm in that world. Like, I leave myself behind. Like, even if I was, something was spoiled for me, I will never remember it in the midst of watching the movie. <laughs> right. In the midst Absolutely. of watching the movie, I'm in that moment. You get especially, it, yeah. like, especially for, like, a Star Wars movie. Oh, forget about it, dog. I'm, 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 I'm not, I'm, I'm on Tatooine right either. now. You know what I mean? So, it's like, I, it doesn't matter what I've read or what's been described to me. I'm, I'm there at the moment. And so... It allows me to to not even recollect those things but in the at the time. After saying that, though, I do kind of like I do kind of understand how some people might be hurt by the the robbery of that experience. But so you know, I understand your um, reticence to do so. Well, with that being said, that was that's a little movie uh, suggestion: "The Invention of Lying" by Ricky Gervais. I know that's a little bit of a winding road. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I barely talked about it. It's mostly. Uh, but you just said you're going to talk about it next week. So. Yeah. Um, also, I finished up Messiah. Oh yes, yes. How was that? I give it a Tell solid me. six. Which let me just go ahead and 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 give a brief explanation. A six is not a bad score. A bad score is a four and below. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. A lot of because a lot of people don't seem to understand like when people say that you know average your average score is not five. Okay, that's the median score, the one in the middle. The average score 
can change based on the quality of movies that are out. And now based on the quality of movies that are out, the average movie to me is a four. Okay. It's below average. It's below the medium quality. So what would you say is an above average movie for you? A like? six. Well, no, okay. Like, okay, what would be a 10 movie for you then? There's no such thing as a 10 movie for okay, me. Okay, what's a nine movie for you? Um, I'm, For me, this is for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to understand what you're talking to. Because yeah, like yeah, yeah, a nine movie for me, Black Panther was a nine for me. Black Panther was pretty dope. Black Panther, there's still scenes that I can't, that, that I cry when I watch Black Panther. Yeah. I imagine now that you've become a parent and if you I've watch seen that it. movie. Oh my God. And I see, I've seen it several times since then. And I still get choked up in that <laughs> scene with Killmonger when he's, when he's doing his spirit walk. Okay. I got you. I still get choked up when T'Challa goes back and tell, tells, asks his father, why didn't you save him? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that movie, That's the performances, the work that went behind, that's a nine movie for me. Okay. You know what I mean? And and so... Do you have any ones? Um, David Lynch's Eraserhead. I haven't seen that. Good so reason. So I can't comment. Um, but it's just to give I'm thinking, the people... I'm trying to think of a contemporary movie that I can, that I can give you that was... Right. Cool. I'm just Skyline. trying to give you... Oh, I've heard about that, but I haven't seen it. So, okay, that I got you. That movie actually... It's funny because... It, I, I don't know if you remember... But back at the call center, mm-hmm. after I saw that movie, it literally for the next three weeks became a meme. I do how, because I came that. in so angry the next day. I do remember. I couldn't that, stop absolutely. talking about it. I couldn't absolutely. stop talking about That's it. Pro- you're People probably the reason bets why on whether I, never I was going to answer the movie. phone and ask them if they'd seen Skyline just to tell them how bad it was. Like that movie was was impactfully bad. All right. So now the people have a pretty good scope of what it is, that, how your rating system works. Yeah. So, go ahead. so um, with that being said, I give Messiah as a TV series. Now, the metrics between movies and TV series will be different, but the general idea is the same. Six is b- above average. Mm-hmm. I would watch a six. Like, if you came to me based on my rating system and said, hey, this show was a six, I would watch it. Mm-hmm. I'd have, I'd modulate my expectations so I wouldn't yeah. expect too much. We've all watched shows now, that like, are I'd say like the Mandalorian show. was like a solid seven, eight. Was yeah. like a 7.8, almost eight. I've heard nothing but good things about Mandalorian. Um, I'd give Umbrella Academy a solid eight. Umbrella Academy. Solid eight. I like um, I'm trying to think, do I have any TV shows that are nines? Do you, do you have any? Uh, TV shows. Mm, nine is a pretty high score, man. It's a really high score for me. That's what I'm saying. It's really hard yeah, to get that. I don't know about a TV show. I don't know. I guess like Seinfeld or Simpsons before I turned like 17. Okay. Because <clears throat> I see like um, South Park. Martin. Oh, but see, but we're biased there because that, that's a cultural slam. And, I, you know, it's funny. I'm glad you mentioned that because there was this conversation where people were trying to put Fresh Prince of Bel-Air against Martin. Which one was better? And it's like, one's a young adult they're, show yeah, and one's an adult show. They're two different to- Totally different fucking yeah. audiences. Like, that's not even a... <laughs> it's like saying it's like saying you know Jordan in college versus you know LeBron in the NBA. It's like that's not <laughs> even a comparison to make. Like what are you doing? Like so yeah. With that being said, those are both Fresh Prince of Bel Air and Martin are both pivotal, groundbreaking African American shows. Because I mean, the dramatic range that Will Smith showed yeah. in 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 Fresh Prince of Bel Air. 
helped a lot of young black boys get in touch with shit they could not say themselves. Yeah, that one episode with his dad was crazy. It, yeah. it wasn't just one. Like that that's the one that everyone remembers, but there were several episodes. I would I would like to say that there's at least four or five episodes dealing with Will's upbringing and reconciling with his parents and that's something that I, I'm sure that you can commiserate with me on is, is having to square growing up and dealing with the fact that your parents are who they are. They're not going to change, but still wanting, you know, still wanting to, to, to be civil and, and, and familial yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, that was, that was very impacting. It was really powerful. And Martin, Martin was representing a young successful black man in an urban setting doing it his way yeah that's a different experience so it's a different it's a different life paradigm it's it's you know what i mean it, you moved from will smith to martin you one, moved from fresh prince to martin one tragedy about martin though is that Bro, man, never survived beyond Martin. You know, like I don't remember. He wasn't an actor. He was a football. Yo, bro, man is so fucking smart. (laughs) Once again, I do not promote DJ Vlad, but he does a a interview with Reginald. Then I forget his Worthington. I don't remember his last name. Don't quote me. I know his first name is Reginald, but he did an interview with Vlad that totally, totally changed my perspective on him. My man's is good. That's awesome. He's not even real. I don't even believe that hey, oh, yeah, that was really. He was just doing that because it was it, it was asked of him. You that know is what I so mean? Funny. He was just doing like he just <laughs> said he took a he just took I think he's from Texas. He took a bunch of people he knew in Texas, mixed up their characters, took all the funny parts of their characters, and turned it into the person. That's he was hilarious. only in yo. You know, bro, man was only in like four or five episodes, right? Really. He feels so. He feels so He's iconic. So, he feels so ubiquitous. Even yeah. when Brad Man's not on the screen, you expect Yo. him to come through that window. Bro. <laughs> he go eat that sandwich. That mom. sandwich. Yeah, that's dope. But yeah, yo, yeah. Um, anyway, Martin still and, and, and 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 Fresh Prince are both are iconic sitcoms. They served, <clears throat> and and when I say different demographics, it's actually the same demographic at two different times. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I was trying to say. You grew from Fresh Prince, and as you got older, you started relating more to Martin. Our parents already related to Martin, so Martin was always in the household. But you didn't relate to... I'm talking about from my perspective, of course, as somebody who grew up in the 80s and early 90s. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Of course, there's going to be other people who are alive at that time who are at different parts of their life who interface with it differently. But I'm just saying from my demographic, from what I saw... But yeah, um, Messiah again. Yeah, we just keep getting on the rating system just so we can get your feelings about Messiah. Yeah, we got tangented uh, onto that. But uh, but yeah, Messiah, I gave it a solid six. Um, There were a lot of um, ideas in the show that I wish would have gotten a little bit more light, that would have gotten, that would have had a a more insightful depiction in the show. Because one of the things that a lot of people, especially Christians um, in America, lack is a historical reference for their religion. And so a lot of people do not understand the ties between Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. And this show kind of tugs on some of that. Because one of the things is, is that Christians in America take for granted that 
based on the mythology or the the prophesying of their religion, the Messiah is going to come from the Middle East. So when this this man came from the Middle East and landed in America, a lot of and I'm talking about in the show that is now I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm depicting gotcha, um, gotcha. what they're talking about. Um, the Christians flocked to him. And now that would be that, that that's that's wild because there's this I, I think that there is an air in the zeitgeist that that American Christians are somewhat Islamophobic. But it but you know what I mean? That yeah, doesn't bear of. that doesn't bear any understanding of the historical reference of where their own savior would come from. Their rapture starts in the Middle East according to their to their um to the Bible. So this show does an interesting job of showing how those pieces come together. Um, it was really interesting because is uh, now a in the show there's kind of synonymous Israel and Jewish people, but I would like to go ahead and say that there is a difference, just like there's a difference between Americans and the country of America. There's a difference between Israel and Jewish people, okay. and so the state of Israel as a stand-in for Jewish people in the show is is trying to quell him, which is interesting. It's, it's a very interesting yeah. biblical analog, similarly to how Jesus was quelled. And, of course, in the show Messiah, this man is presenting himself as a Christ-like figure. And so it's interesting. You know, Muslim people uh, in the show rally behind him as well, as a as a prophetic figure but um yeah the the way that all of these groups of people uh interact with each other i think could have been a very interesting and an insightful uh um journey to take in the show which they did not take in my opinion i think that they took it at a very surface level um and it could have been a learning moment. It could have been a learning moment for a lot of people because that's what these, I think that's the beautiful part of some of these very visceral depictions of these fictitious environments is that it, it, it can allow people to to engage in experience that they don't typically have in a safe environment like their imagination. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But when it's not when it's not a robust image, when it's not a realistic image, when it's not an image that promotes, you know, where we could go and just not the social pessimism that's present. It, I don't think that that's healthy. And right. so that's, that's where I think Messiah falls short in that it takes a lot of really powerful uh, concepts and addresses them in a very unnuanced and superficial way. Okay. That is a very detailed review. <laughs> well, it, I mean, but that's not to say that it wasn't entertaining. I did watch the whole show. Like it wasn't so poorly depicted that it made me want to stop watching. Right, so right. I would absolutely say it's watchable. <clears throat> Just keep your mind open. Um, and in the end, they ended up. I, I, I like the end of the first season was interesting in that. So part of the the whole arc of the show is: is he a charlatan or is he a prophet? Is he working miracles or is he just (laughs) really adept at making people think he's performing miracles? And in the end of the first season, it kind of leaves it vague and ambiguous in that some of these things he did were obviously tricks, but some of these things that he did were obviously somewhat miraculous. Okay. 
And so I did like this idea that maybe, maybe if there is a Christ-like figure, maybe he's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe, yeah, you can perform miracles, but not everything requires a miracle. And sometimes <laughs> you just have to entertain the people to get them to follow you. How interesting. And so you can use mundane, and there's nothing wrong with using mundane means. means yeah. to Because people to, recognize it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because you don't want to make your miracles frivolous. You know what I mean? So this is true. I thought it was very interestingly done. I thought that was a... a, a, a positive design turn that they chose i mean that sounds pretty interesting i mean based on that i mean i don't know if i would see through but that does sort of make it seem pretty interesting yes so with that being said let's move on to some other entertainment news i do uh i saw a a um uh headline with the baby and I really, I really hope this man stays safe. But I, I personally can appreciate somebody because the headline was the uh, baby evidently had to discipline a fan who decided that it was going to be okay to encro- encroach on him and his family time with his daughter. I and, like um, that term, discipline. Yeah, because a lot of people are getting mad at him, and I'm like, you know what? Honestly, there, th- it's all about balance. I'm not saying that you should handle every problem you hand have with your hands. But if you're handling your problems with with your words and the other person clearly is not influenced by your words, then you handle with your hands. Handle it with your hands, because the whole point of me talking to you is so that we can mediate that that interaction. If I can't mediate that interaction in a peaceful way with you and I'm being reasonable, (laughs) I'm asking you not to take pictures of me and my daughter. I'm not in a performance right now. I'm not on a venue. I'm not getting paid for this. So don't. Don't take pictures of me when I'm not getting paid. If I was in your hotel for a performance, that'd be another story. But you're doing your job, and I'm here as a, as a, as a citizen, and I use that, you know, I'm just here as a, as a non-celebrity person at the moment. Can we, can we not do that? And I think that that's a very respect, respectable stance to take. Definitely. And then for the, okay, so hold on, let me give a little bit of um, background to this because I just jumped into <laughs> it. Because I, no, I, I feel very strongly about, about people's invasion of privacy of celebrities. Um, so baby is at a hotel. He is um, traveling with his daughter. As one does. And I guess somebody in the hotel noticed who he was. And came up to him and asked him for a picture, which which I, that I have no problem with. That's not where the things go sideways. The baby at that point then says, "Hey, you know what? It's not the time and place right now, my man's. We gotta, you gotta be a little bit more professional. Please don't do that." He then goes to I guess the other side of the parking lot, and this guy is a valet. He's with his daughter. the The person is trying to take pictures and zoom in on him. At which point he notices that, returns to the other side of the of the parking lot, takes the phone, and proceeds to handle him, take him inside. And I'm talking about it sounded like some schoolyard. It sounded like 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 when Bakayad when you when you out out the road acting the fool and your and your neighbor come and cuff you up and take you home to catch your parents. Catching my reminded me of that because he said he t- he took him to his manager, explained to him what he was doing, 
You know what I mean? Put him on blast with him. Ex explain why the, the, the altercation took place. And then went about his business, which to me that... I, I don't fear a world in which that is how a grown man handles it. And as, as somebody who lived in the South, I didn't grow up in the South, but I lived in the South long enough. Yes, I, I expect yep. that from any diligent, respectable, dignified Southern man who's who is had his vi his his privacy violated. She, I think he handled himself admirably personally. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you definitely can't do that. That's really, really disrespectful. Like, and especially when he's like, when he's got his daughter with them, that's a huge invasion of privacy. And yo, if you're not gonna listen to people ask you politely, what else can they do? That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it was civil. You came and asked for the picture. Thank you for asking. I I do appreciate that. The answer for right now is no. You, and, and that's another thing. You can't ask a question without uh, the possibility of getting the answer no. Everyone has a right to give you the answer no if you ask them a question. Absolutely. So with that being said, I just wanted to say, get them to baby. Do your thing. <laughs> Do your thing. Take Abide by no disrespect from nobody in public. You know what I mean? I always respect the man who takes his own... I'm sorry, but I don't. I, I don't find. I don't find the 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 pride in calling the police to handle something between you and one other person. <laughs> if it's just me and you, and there's no firearms involved, and we can't use our words and we can't use our hands, that's crazy. That's crazy to me. What else is there? I've never like I don't understand what's come to the world where just two people can't come to an agreement without having to worry about whether your life is being threatened. Right. Should just be able to box up people when they must step over. Well, see, life. I never say that. <laughs> I didn't say just box up people. I'm just saying that that right, is so that's an escalation. That's a form of escalation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Violence is just another form of communication. I'm communicating with you with my words and it doesn't work. Sometimes that's why we should always do whatever it takes to not get there. Right. Absolutely. I'm and a firm believer in we that. We should choose not to associate with people who get there too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but those people are fun, Kareem. Well, then that's I'm a sacrifice. That's, how we, that's how we play that. <laughs> Absolutely not. I prefer people who are uh, rational and predictable. Thank you. And, and, you know, honestly, I do like to pride myself on being those two, two things, <laughs> not even purposely. It's just like, yeah, nah, if, if you know me well enough, I'm dynamic. Like, I'll grow and change. But in a very, very straight trajectory, you'll see where I'm <laughs> going. You see where I'm going every day. <laughs> grow like a Pokemon. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I just uh, definitely want to shout out the baby on that one. Always defend your privacy and your family. Um, hopefully... Hopefully, all of these violent endeavors don't escalate for him because he has been involved in a few shootings, and I just hope him to safety. You know what I mean? Like, I don't leave my house yeah. because of that because I do value the right to slap a fool, and I also don't have the hand skills to defend myself, so I just stay home. Right. <laughs> it's one of those things. <laughs> but yeah, all right. So, but moving on. Um. I'm really, I'm really glad to see that Oprah stepped back from that from that Russell Simmons documentary because um, I'm not a huge fan of Oprah to begin with, but she really, I I'm really really sad to see how she she so fervently like I get it okay she went after R Kelly, 
that's her thing she wanted to go after michael i didn't agree with that but it's like yo, what where's the where's her fervent prosecution of epstein and weinstein who had <laughs> way worse way 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 worse allegations than russell simmons way worse allegations so than russell simmons say, what, what did she do well, she, what do you mean? What is, is she the one like bankrolling these documentaries or something? Oh, I'm, I, she's supporting them. She's sponsoring ah, them in some okay. major way, whether she's either putting money into them or or um, lending her her um, team, her apparatus. Yeah, just just her. I think like her endorsement. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But um. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm glad that she's finally fucking stepping back from from just like, and that's the thing is, is like I hate like I hate speaking against black women because in American society, speaking against black women is always punching down. Everything in this society is geared against black women. Nobody has it harder than them. Period. Hands down. Absolutely. They are they and 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 so I am always remiss to say negative things about a black woman. But the only thing that I hate more than the oppression of black women is people who are paid to represent an image that benefits the establishment. And Oprah is only rich because she represents an image that the establishment wants to push forward. And Oprah is a tool to get black people to agree with white people. Similarly to how Ellen is a tool to get poor people to agree with rich people. <laughs> I've never seen it like that before. Ellen is a, and, and these talk show hosts are just tools to manipulate people. It's, it's, it's very bad, but Oprah, when Oprah goes out and speaks against Michael Jackson, it's one of those double-edged swords because, yes, Michael Jackson did things that were dubious and deserve scrutiny. But she, white people don't support her prosecuting Michael Jackson because he did something wrong. They support her prosecuting Michael Jackson because he's a black man. Otherwise, she would also be going as fervently after the worst offenders. She is not... She is such a big figure that she doesn't need to go snapper fishing. She I should be fishing sense. for whales. I understand. She that should be out sense. here shooting at those guys, other billionaires, right? She's a billionaire, right? She's trying to affect change, right? That makes sense. Well, then why are you going after Russell Simmons and 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 and, and R. Kelly, who might have justifiable uh, um, allegations? But you don't go after the people who have, like, evidence, like, hard evidence. Like, I mean, R. Kelly has hard evidence, but, like, there's genuine, like, there's dozens and dozens of women. There's decades of, of malfeasance in these men's past, and, and, you're, and she's just chilling. So, I don't, like, if you're going to go after them, let me see some of that energy go towards those other rapists as well. Because right now it feels like you're being used to drag black men. That's just what it feels like to me. So when she, if she does, if she does step it up, and she does start doing some of that other stuff, 
Hey, but I feel like she stepped away from that Russell Simmons documentary because she realized she was losing too much social capital, and she needs people to want to get cars from her still. She needs people <laughs> to 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 want to show up to her her show and continue to consume her because that's the only capital that she really has. Because I don't think that Oprah actually has all that money. I, I think mean, she has a whole network. She's a stakeholder. This is a, she owns own network the same way that Diddy owns Syrah. <laughs> and Diddy don't own Syrah. So I, I'm really tired of, 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 of the fake black excellence. You know what I mean? Let's talk about real black excellence. You know what I mean? People who are really doing for themselves. You Hashtag know, Akon. What's that? Hashtag Akon. Hashtag Akon. Hashtag um, Byron Allen. You know what I mean? Oh, I remember Byron Allen. Hashtag the, the uh, 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 Claude Anderson. Stuff? I'm sorry? Uh, Byron Allen is still doing um, comedy promotions and stuff. Oh, he's doing everything. He's doing everything, and I really hope he's actually involved in a in a, in a civil rights case. Hopefully that that Ooh. that um That's just a little background on that. Yeah, tell um, me more. He's suing Comcast for excluding him uh, from business uh, that he rightfully had a chance to bid on, based but he was excluded based solely on being a black, a mainly black uh, sourced entertainment distribution network. Um, and so he's bringing up the case that the most predominant factor as to why he hasn't received these contracts is racism. And if the Supreme Court rules with him, and upholds this because this is an old civil rights statute that required because post um, post emancipation of the slaves, uh, most people knew that there was just absolutely no way for slaves to to participate in the economy because of how deep the racism was, and so they passed legislation saying that you have to fairly do business with black people, meaning that you can't just exclude them based on race. You right. have to open up your business to them, and if they can do business, you have to um, allow them to do so. Um, and that's what he's calling on to uh, to uh, to cite to in this lawsuit. To get his now, if they if they if they rule against him, then pretty much that that legislation is going to be null and void. It won't be effective because if it can't. If, it, if in this case, because Byron Allen, I mean, he is very legitimate when oh, he absolutely. when he goes in for these contracts. I mean, he owns the Weather Channel. I did not know that. That's crazy. I mean, he when it comes to network distribution, he absolutely should be in these um, in the running for some of these uh, contracts that he's trying to to go for. But he's being excluded, and they're not giving him any reasons as to why. And so this is why he's coming back with the suit. Um, that reminds me of an article I read this morning about this uh, this black guy went into this bank to deposit a check that he had gotten from uh, a racial discrimination lawsuit, and they, they were like, him? Mm, "I don't know, this check seems fishy." And he's like, "There's nothing fishy about it. You could just call." And basically, they gave him a whole bunch of hassle about it. And um, yeah, he sues them and gets another check. Oh, that's check. exactly what he's doing. He's yeah. suing them again because he went to Chase and then deposited the same checks like thirty minutes later. So. I mean, isn't racism dead? <laughs> Obama invented racism. 
according no, but with to that the, one with lady. that being said, I'm just I'm glad Oprah's stepping away from that. It's it's it, I got to give her credit because I'm pretty sure that she's gonna do 30 other things I'm gonna slander her for. So <laughs> might as well uh, give the kudos where to do. And 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 not for nothing, I hope that. I really do hope that in Russell Simmons' case, it's what he says, where he is a he's a victim of changing times. You know, I could definitely commiserate that. If man, if there were some recordings of the shit that I used to say and do, <laughs> so I'm not going to be the one who's going to to stigmatize something someone for something they did twenty plus years ago, ten plus years ago, but. I hope that's what it is. I hope you're not out here raping bitches. Because that ain't cool. That is not, that's not a, I just don't understand it. I don't come from a culture of misogyny. Jamaican culture, you say whatever you want about it, but women are very much revered in Jamaican culture. I wasn't raised that way. I don't understand it. I was never permitted to live my life that way. <laughs> Nobody in my environment, I don't know no weak women in my family. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, the women in my family are man-eaters. <laughs> like, don't fuck with them. Yeah. So, I mean, I just don't... So, I'm not familiar with this whole idea of I'm going to denigrate women type of thing. But that's a that's a, just a very um, Western culture-oriented thing. Like, masculinity, Western masculinity has a lot to do with the degradation of women, which is sad. But, um... Yeah, I hope I hope that's not what it is, Russell. I hope that's not what it is. But yeah, let's move on to something that's a little bit more upbeat and happy than that because I'm j I'm really tired of hearing about the this ongoing plague of of sexual misconduct that powerful men are going through. It's 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 sad. But yeah, in Oakland, this was something I had reported on um, last episode or the episode before that. But in a prior episode uh, about moms for housing where they were in a situation where in oakland there is more vacant housing than homeless people yeah i remember that and so there was a, a group of women who were being evicted and had decided to stay in the homes because they were being bought to be made vacant by a corporation not by well, a person that's pretty funny so well, instead of funny, just vacating and becoming homeless for no reason other than the corporation wanted to amass a bunch of vacant houses, they stayed. And so they had uh, a, uh, another uh, lady come in to help them advocate, and they were successful in obtaining one of the homes, and they're moving on um, some more of them. And so there was a huge, and, and it was starting to get scary because the Oakland PD mobilized military style against them. That's crazy. Yeah, but this is why I fucking love Oakland. I love the people of Oakland. I fuck with them hard. They were like, okay. And you can shoot at us. That's, <laughs> that's a thing for you. Go ahead. The other option is living on the street where guess what they're doing? Shooting at each other. So yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it's not, it, this is, we, we fear not they're your like, encroachment. Like at this point. Yeah. These women and their, their, their constitution is amazing. Their fortitude is exemplary. And so I just wanted to go ahead and give a little update on that. And um, they are being, they are, uh, they are slowly but surely making headway. Oakland and Berkeley are actually passing, or oh, I believe Oakland already passed it, and Berkeley's about to pass legislation that, that, that outlaws 
the use of criminal background checks in housing applications. Hey. So if you're a felon and you've been released from prison after serving your time, they can't still make it hard for you to get a house, you know, and, and that is a huge boon because from yeah. what I understand, it's amazingly difficult to get housing as a felony, as a, as a felon. That's why a lot of people end up going back. Well, yeah, they end up having to live in halfway houses. And then and, and this was something that was brought up, um, especially in, in L.A. and in any place that has a large um, gang presence or the police stigmatize young black men as gang members, mm -hmm. what ends up happening is that if you are a gang member, everyone in your family is automatically flagged as an yeah, affiliate. So when you leave and you can't get your own apartment, you can't go back and live ho at home with your family because they have all been flagged as gang affiliates. And so they create the system where they criminalize certain communities. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If a white person goes out and steals a car, his family doesn't then become, you know, uh, uh, persons of interest to the police. But if a black man does it, everyone in his household is now a person of interest. That's crazy. So that is a huge boon now that they've, they've, they've gotten rid of that. If you serve your time, they can't use that against you in housing, which is huge. And so... Yeah, just want to give a little update on that because that's um, uh, a huge uh, plus mark in the uh, legislation in Oakland. Also, I wanted to move on to something that was uh, real interesting and uh, in a little bit crossover of gaming and politics. Joe Biden <laughs> had made a comment about uh, designers and boy. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Something he was talking about them about being him. fat losers or something like that. Well, yeah, he disparaged them, basically. Um, I don't remember verbatim and I like to Clown. use my own insults. I don't want to use his. So um he just disparaged them quite deeply, but I, it's understandable. And I think it's very indicative of what people of his age group think about people who are a gamers and P B who make games. And it's oh yeah, he said that designers are teaching kids how to kill or something yeah. like that. Yeah, he's saying that designers want their intellectual property protected when really and truly all they're making is advanced killing simulators for kids. Which that I can understand why. Like I, a talking I, point. Uh, it's a t um, no, I actually do believe he believes that. I don't know if it's a talking point um, as much as he do. He does generally believe that, but that's because they they don't understand what games what games represent to people who actually play them. Or so also, as somebody who's looking at a video game, you see someone playing a killing simulation, but as someone who plays the game you understand that you're venting something. It's escapism. Mm -hmm. It's not a, you don't actually viscerally connect to the person in the game. You are using that person as an avatar. And that relationship is different than the type of relationship they're implying somebody who's playing a killing simulator would get. Because in a killing simulator, you are attempting to do something that you will then recreate into the world. Mm -hmm. When you're playing a game, it is a fantasy, which you know will never be part of your world. Yeah. And so also, he's missing that. there's a huge variety of games that just seem to be ignored Absolutely. just to make this point. Um, but, and, well, not for nothing, it is, it, his perspective is based on the fact that the paradigm that most games are made in 
are competitive. They're not just puzzle games. So a game like Portal absolutely completely defies his idea of what he's saying. Portal does not have any killing. The only thing that's at peril is your own life. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and so that game does not fit his paradigm, but he has no clue about it because he doesn't actually consume games. You know what I mean? He doesn't understand yeah. that there's a whole genre of games called puzzle games and dating sim games and games that have nothing to do with killing. Like sports games, different the types entire of Wii sports catalog. See, and I don't consume sports games, so it's the last thing on my mind. You know what I mean? Oh, right. So just to give another example of how he just doesn't consume the games, so he's incapable. But most of the people who are in charge of legislation don't consume games, so we're just oh, incapable yeah, yeah, of thinking about them. Super old. But on the flip side of that, you have in, in, in the UK, the NHS, their National Health Services, is now also making um, comments about video games, but a lot more nuanced, <laughs> based on a lot more facts and studies. And so the NHS has now um, hit them with the, we know it's gambling. Yeah. And we're doing the psychological studies. So go ahead and regulate yourself as much as you can now, because when we come through here, yeah, they are going to start regulating gaming in the UK very heavily if they don't a either A, shape up with putting these gambling mechanics in every single game, or B, stop selling games to kids, period. Because it's hurtful. And, yeah, and, 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 and I rant about it all the time, but once these, once I, I, I forgot who said it, but someone described the video game industry as some of the best brightest and most brilliant minds dedicated to creating advanced dopamine delivery systems well i mean it just goes back to something i've said a hundred times probably in conversation with you and that is these markets are driven completely by children absolutely like something broke down in 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 society when it became okay to sell to children like and, and it's a consumer culture thing and it's a Absolutely, strictly yep. american thing this one i'm putting on america the idea that you sell things to kids because then our entire system became structured and to do just that because because it's so fucking easy mm -hmm. you know how stupid fucking kids are by definition and trust me i love kids but by definition they're fucking stupid and I'm sorry, everyone's kid falls into that category. <laughs> Your kid is still growing. It is incomplete. It doesn't have all of the information it needs to not be stupid. So stop letting your child be fucking marketed to because you don't want to parent them and you just want to sit them in front of a TV. Stop doing that. It's harmful. And now the entire system is geared towards it. And, and, and even worse... I think it was abated a little bit by the by the fact that children weren't allowed on the internet for a lot of its conception. <laughs> but now, since the two thousands, every kid is on the fucking internet, and yeah. and and that was that's when when all of this gambling shit started really getting out of control. Was when people started trying to claw back some of these funds that their kids were mistakenly using because kids don't really understand that the money in the game is real fucking money. Correlation, yep. They're not making a correlation between your bank account that you put money into and the money that they're using in the game to buy currency. And even beyond that, the time that you spend 
in order to make that money that appears in the currency. They're completely detached, but every child is on the internet. They have access to these things, and 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 they're extremely compelling. Like and that's the thing is, is that they're like you're a young, immature child. You want something. You're being denied it. It doesn't take a bad person to do the wrong thing in these environments. It doesn't take a bad kid. You know what I mean? Like, it just takes a child to make a mistake. Yeah. And you could run up thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. To someone without information. And so, um, yeah, it's... Just to, to go back to because this episode is hella tangential. Everything. Everything is just hella tangential. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, just there's an issue with selling to children that needs to be addressed. It's a problem because the techniques being used to sell to them are psychologically manipulative. We are now learning overall that these are actually lasting effects. They are traumatic in nature. And so we need to better legislate even though the people at the top don't correctly understand the item that's being consumed. They are attempting to regulate a mar market that they don't know how the commodity is consumed, which is the issue. So I just want to articulate that straight out because I know I've been going around in circles with a bunch of other <laughs> shit, but that was the main point of what I was getting at there. Right. But yeah, we're moving on to some other uh, politics news. Um, I'm going to start covering um, Trump as an entertainment section. Lol. Because I'm not, I'm not going to engage with him seriously as a politician anymore. <laughs> but he does consume a lot of air, and some of it is entertaining. So I'm going to cover it like a Law & Order episode. You know what I mean? Or like an right. episode of The West Wing or some bullshit like that, because that's what it is. And I totally think American politics is a farce at this point. So um, until it proves to me otherwise, I'll go ahead and have my, my little entertainment section with uh, Trump's latest shenanigans. Um, and man, it's crazy. Speaking of which, he's really like, man, Bloomberg is, is wilding, bro. First of all, his ads are everywhere. Yeah. I'm starting yeah. to see where that quarter billion dollars that he spends <laughs> on ads is. Holy shit. Hey, have you ever heard of Bloomberg? And he's attacking that now. man. He's attacking that man, Trump. But yeah, Trump's been been out here wilding, doing his thing thing. Evidently, Trump has a jail cell that he sends all of his fucking his his uh political enemies cameras. to. He he sent um El Chapo was in this cell. Um and I forgot what happened with him. Um I actually haven't heard about El Chapo since his trial. So who knows what's been going on with him? Epstein has stayed in this cell. He ended up dead. And my, uh, Michael Avenatti is in this, in this cell, in the same oh, cell. Like, I don't understand. How do they all end up fallen. in the same prison in the same cell? And then they all end up going through some stuff, which now I could understand why an ambassador who hears that Trump says she's going to go through some stuff would be intimidated. Because they just got a cell where he sends all of his fucking, where he sends all of his fucking rivals and, and enemies. Like, that shit is crazy. But yeah. Hey, man. Some people get a Ferrari and they just drive around the city, okay? I'm going on the highway and I'm doing 210. Oh, and in his late and in his latest uh move of epic douchebaggery, he's fucking he's attacked something that's very near and dear to my heart, which is um Michelle Obama's plans to um that she helped use to reform school nutrition. He's now attacking that shit. Hey, my G. Birthday. I don't fuck with a uh with, with Barack don't nah nah don't fuck with michelle's legacy bro 
Don't fuck with Michelle's legacy. That shit ain't cool because she was actually helping people. And that is, this is some straight up Darth Vader shit because there's no reason to do this. Right. There's absolutely no reason to do this. The pettiest thing in the like, world. You're only hurting people by decreasing school nutrition. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck, bro? And, and on top of that, it is something that it's a part of a legacy that I feel very strongly about. So this nigga needs to chill, step back. I get it. You want to roll back all of Obama, uh, uh, Brock's stuff. Hey, she's got the wrong last name to be making plans to help children. Oh, man, dude. I really hope, I hope that doesn't go through. I can't imagine that any, see, the problem is that stuff like that flies too, too low under the radar because nobody would, should vote for someone who's willing to legislate away from better school nutrition. But yet these guys vote against stuff like that, but no one knows that they're doing it. So they end up getting reelected by people who were negatively impacted by the things they just they just did, you know. And so I really hope that doesn't end up going through. But that was just uh, an aside. Uh, one of the many stupid things that Trump is doing <laughs> right now, he's going through the uh, the impeachment uh, trial, which. That seems My like thing it's is, is that they well. called it. They said, "Oh, it's going to be a kangaroo court, farce trial." You guys turned it into that. I wish that I could, 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 could um stonewall a court the way that they do, without being without having any repercussions whatsoever. Like these guys, like Jay Sekulow is a fucking clown. Dershowitz is a fucking. You, you know he's supposed to be a Democrat, Dershowitz. <laughs> yeah. And this ass hat is over here protecting trump you have all of this going on to say this this trial they're not even engaging in 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 the charges now granted the charges are not see first of all let me just explain something you can impeach a president without removing them impeaching them is just us is just the congress rebuking the president on the behalf of the people. A removal from office is when that impeachment rises to the standard that you can no longer be trusted to do your job. Now, I knew he was never going to be removed because he was never capable of doing the job when he was elected. So they wouldn't <laughs> remove him. Why would they remove him when they knew he was incapable of doing the job in the first place? So the impeachment was fine. Go ahead. Yes. I am the kind of person who will let you know I don't like what you're doing, fully well knowing I'm not going to stop you. But I want to be on the record saying I don't fuck with what you're doing so that when you ask me for help, I can say I don't fuck with what you're doing. I don't so tell I, you I, for the I, last I, I got time. with him. I, I, I got with him. I, I let it ride. Go ahead and impeach him. I know he's not getting removed. But now this whole trial thing is just – first of all, I feel like it's a move by Nancy Pelosi to remove Bernie – and some of the other uh, more progressive voices from the campaign trail. Because she knows that in a vacuum, Biden will win. If nobody gets the campaign any further, Biden will take it because of his name recognition. She wants to actively hurt the progressive candidates. So she knows that the more she takes Biden away from being on the campaign trail, the better it is for him. He doesn't need the campaign anymore. What she needs is for them to campaign less so that they don't catch him. This is just indicative of the internal war in the Democratic Party. But anyway, that's my theories. 
with that being said, this this whole trial is is a farce. They won't let the press into the fucking courtroom because obviously, why would the 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 the, the country want to see what their their tax dollars are paying for when it comes to this trial? Nothing to see here. Move and along. so it's just a. It was a complete. It's a complete waste. It, it's a complete waste. It's not going to get anywhere. It's more political theater, and in in a in a uh, environment where we don't need any more political theater at all, for sure. And then, oh, did you hear that the uh, the leaders in the province where Suleimani comes from put out a hit on Trump for the three milli? I heard about that. I think it's. Hey man, how many presidents that you know of? How many U.S. presidents you know of got a bounty, my nigga? She should be in uh, the. Uh, uh, I, I think um, oh, JFK. Oh, bad name. joke. Oh, um, JFK. Yeah, I was on that <laughs> bounty. Too soon. Too, too soon. soon. <laughs> too soon. But um, no, I mean this. That's wild. That's wild. I mean. Hey man, I'm so used to this timeline that it doesn't. It's so hard to shock me these days. I'm just like, oh yeah, okay, that that sounds about right. That sounds about right. I mean, hopefully nothing comes of it because that's that's an automatic war for sure, for sure. That there is no way that the people in charge. I, don't know, I, I think that I don't even think we should use the word word war anymore. I think that that's like not a modern term anymore. You think it's gonna be a war? What we do? I mean. Conflict. If we just want okay. to say conflict, it's definitely be going to be a con. Oh, there's definitely going to be conflict. There's definitely going to be conflict. I don't know if you call a war what's going to so happen. Hopefully, nothing of the sort comes to fruition because that's just no. That's that's problematic. I don't know. Look, this situation is bad enough. That that's only just yeah. Yeah, now nah, let's just let's move on from that. My my Trump entertainment section will end there because <laughs> I mean we you could talk at length for hours about the dumb shit that's going on because of him and around him. But um yeah, let's not do that. No, I mean, we ain't got to. Let's keep the positive vibes. Well, no, nah, no, nah, we we, we moving on to more politics. Point. So fuck positive vibes. Um, yeah. but I, you know what I do want to talk more about is this internal division in the Democratic Party because um I don't know. I think that when it comes to the American body politic, there's, I think, a very small amount of it. I, I think that the body politic only moves in the margins. Like, the center of American politics is the center. The right and the left are both center. They, because they, they, they both are, are corporate entities, and corporate entities love to be in the middle. They never want to be too ideological on one end. They want to be right in the middle. And that's very indicative of the Democratic Party and the Republican Party's stances on most things. But within the Democratic Party, because of what it has come to represent, there's a lot of internal factions and schisms going on. Because if you represent corporate interests, you do not represent public interests. And if that's been your brand for a long time, you're gonna have to to you're gonna have to 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 make some concessions to your constituency if you want to to actually uh, interface with them in any real way. 
I mean, or you could just do like Republicans and psychologically manipulate your constituency into believing what you want them to believe. You know what I mean? Whatever works. And I'm not to say that not to say that Democrats don't do that. I mean, MSNBC, like Rachel Maddow, is just about the worst thing ever. Rachel Maddow is just about the worst thing ever when it comes to an actual liberal discourse because there's no discourse in her. She just represents the opposite of the other side. And so, with, with that being said, there's there's a there's an issue with the internal workings of the Democratic Party where the populist constituency um, has found a way to get their voice heard despite the corporate influence in the party. So the corporate influence in the party is mostly represented by the Clinton-Obama. And that's the funny part is, is that they pretended to be adversarial during their primary, but they represent the same fucking wing of the party. <laughs> And that's the and, and that's what's being railed against, and that that's why Barack Obama was able to to beat Hillary, is because if people would have realized that Barack and Hillary were part of the same wing of the party, they would have voted for Hillary, guaranteed. But they thought that Barack Obama was coming from the from the um the lib the left wing of the party, and so they voted for him on that basis, which he then proved that he was not. Now comes the Bernie Sanders. Now comes the, 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 the Congress people like Ayanna Presley and, and Rashida Tlaib and, uh, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And mind you, I haven't fucking named one dude. Like, mm -hmm. that was three women who are rocking Congress right now. Yo, women, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't come from that lineage of, of oh, it's got to be a man thing. I just named three women off rip, and that didn't even feel weird to me. Right. You know what I mean? What feels weird to me is that other people don't see that those three women are so pivotal. You know what I mean? That's the part that blows my mind. But anyway, moving past that. With the rise of those kind of populist candidates in Congress, the voice of the people are being heard counter to the corporate influence that has entrenched itself in the Democratic Party. And so it's creating a schism. Okay. And Nancy Pelosi... Diane Feinstein. Well, Diane Feinstein is actually a tool of the of the intelligence agencies, which is sad, because she represents more of their interest than the corporate interest. Um, and, but she's also responsible in, in large part for how corporate interests were allowed to be involved in things like renditions and black sites, because those those were private contractors brought into the intelligence agency to do those things. Yeah. But anyway, once again. I, di I diverge. Um, yeah, this this internal uh, uh, division is is becoming more and more evident in these primaries because, and this is once again something I say a lot, it's the byproduct of adversarial politics. If we did not approach these primaries in such an adversarial way, the internal divisions of the Democratic Party would never come to light. Now, for better or for worse, it is adversarial, so we do get to see the the breakdown of those internal uh, politics for the party when you see Warren attacking Bernie on baseless attacks, when you see Biden lying on Bernie, when you see when you see Joanne Reed levying baseless attacks against 
the most popular candidate in the, in the race when you have crystal ball going on cnn and them laughing at the facts that are presented to them by the polls that they themselves have validated already <laughs> so this internal struggle i think is going to be very interesting because how we come out of that internal struggle is going to to shape and and i think it's more important because there's no savior on the republican side like the republicans <laughs> keep winning if the republicans keep winning this country keeps going down yep the only possibility, and when I say keep going down, ah, I only say it keeps going down for black and brown people or uh, for people who Low are not people, rich white yeah. people. Yep. You know Low what I mean? People. Because if you're poor and white, you might as well be brown. Um, you're getting farmed all the same way. You know what I mean? And so depending on how we come out of this, it's going to shape the world. Like, and, 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 and I don't say that hyperbolically. I don't say that hubristically. I don't say that arrogantly. I say that as a pragmatically a superpower in this world that has the ability to do great positive things, it could change the world. Um, we're already doing all the negative things we can do to the world. So if we keep on this, this trajectory, we'll be good to go. We'll just destroy this world. But if we are ever to turn away from it, we have to save this this wing of American politics um, because I honestly don't know if Americans can operate outside of this form of governance. I don't know. They're unwilling to try. And so if we have to maintain this into the future, then the only way that things get better is if we have a, a, a real democratic party. And when I say democratic, I just mean a real party that is dedicated to the betterment of things and not just themselves. Right. Um, so I, 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 I point all of those things out, the internal fractions, so that people uh, could actually be paying attention to that. Because when you're making your internal decisions, because I, I mean, my impression, I think we're shit. But when you, you decide who you want to vote for or how you want to vote, think about that. Because you might be inclined to, to vote based on electability. But maybe you should be really interested in voting on your best interest. You know what I mean? Like, be, that, be a little selfish that way. Vote for the person who is talking directly to you. You know what I mean? That's what I'm doing. That's what, you know, it, it, I'm a, I'm, I say this every episode, I'm a stay-at-home dad. So the person who's offering to help validate my work at home is the person I'm going to vote for. And that's Andrew Yang. So that is what it is. I would absolutely vote for Bernie. Those are the only two candidates that I see that aren't that aren't going to... to, to Continue more of the same? Yeah. To keep the status quo. So, yeah. And speaking of Andrew Yang, actually, it's I, I really love watching him speak, especially to uh, the black media, because unlike most other media, when you go to places like The Root or you go to um, the presidential black caucus in Iowa that he was speaking at re recently, these people are pragmatic and cynical like you have never seen in a, po in a political uh, scene. And so when he goes there, they ask him real questions and want real answers. And while they'll be very cordial and not be rude, they, you're not going to convince us with platitudes. 
Right. You know, if we ask you about reparations and you start talking about UBI, I'll hear you. I still won't fuck with you, but I'll hear you. And so he gets a lot of that. And he honestly, he honestly handles it very well. He handles, he handles it very well because um, a lot of people, like when you see Joe Biden, when he's met with any kind of cynicism, just turns, <laughs> he, he melts down and tells you to, to go vote for Trump or meet him in the back for push-ups or some bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, no, Andrew Yang handles it. And so uh, I think that overall, and, and that's the funny part is people don't seem to understand is that behind Biden, who has the very strong backing of being a former Obama uh, representative, he, uh, you know, Yang and Bernie pull very well with black people. Yeah. Very absolutely. well. And, um, yeah, so I'm really hoping that they can invigorate uh, a, a progressive left wing, even though Andrew Yang is probably more centrist than anything when it comes to his, his overall politic. At least he's wise enough to to foresee some of the issues so that we can deal with them with the tools that we currently have before they become bigger problems than we can deal with. So like he's talking about automation so that we don't get caught off uh, blindsided the way we did with offshoring. So people didn't realize the negative echo. Well, I shouldn't say people, uh no, Americans, the American public didn't realize the negative byproducts of offshoring until everything was offshored. And nobody set up set up institutions or or established um funds to help divert that area of the economy that was being hit hardest by offshoring. And so that was just a radical change in our economy and the way we did business that negatively affected people that if we could have taken a little bit more of a future site position rather than a hindsight position, it would have done, it would have done great things for people's lives. Andrew Yang is saying, let's not do that with automation. Let's take a future site position with, uh, with automation. Let's look forward as to what that is going to do and let's let's form our economy to better deal with what's coming at us. That's and so with that being said, logic. I think with that's them. a great uh, thing to think about as you uh, listen more into to what's going on in the political spectrum. But yeah, let's go ahead and wrap this up for the evening. Really appreciate you guys. We had a great time uh, rapping about these here topics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alrighty, guys, always remember, time is only wasted. If you choose to waste it, always learn from your failures. It's the only thing you ever truly do learn from. And I will catch you guys on the next one. Have a great day. Take it easy.